We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. To be honest, I would put myself in the same category as D-Wade. Now Artest is jumped onto the scorer's table. Artest is in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. It's Friday, March 15th, 2019. Alex Berutha here next to Shannon McEwen, and on the line is Ken K. Train Kreitz. All aboard. Oh, good to have the whistle back. <laughs> you can find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We would appreciate a nice review. So uh, after we talk about some news, we are we have a uh, is this a special edition of yes. the Friday NBA podcast where we are going to go through our previous roundtable articles that have been up on the site since the beginning of the year and we've collected mostly our bad takes uh masochistic i think that's the word masochistic we're gonna mock ourselves punish ourselves and there are occasionally some good takes in there too but this is mostly going to be um close to a comedy central roast um (laughs) 
but <laughs> but first, <laughs> hey <Hey-o! laughs> But first, uh, so last night, Nikola Jokic won up Luka Doncic. He had a last second buzzer beater in Denver. Uh, you got to see the highlights here. First, Doncic drives right, goes past Jokic, gets a one handed jam for a one point lead with six seconds remaining. But then Denver calls a timeout. There's an inbounds pass to Jokic. He hits an elbow leaner to win it. Um, the Nuggets are only one game back of Golden State at this point. Um, and Millsap has been playing really well lately. Dropped 33, 8, and 3 um, in this contest. And over the past four games, 20 points, six rebounds, two assists, and a steal plus a block. Um, I mean, do I think generally, you know, we, Nick and I talked about this on the last podcast. When people think of higher seeded teams in either conference that could get upset. Everybody always picks Denver. Do both of you guys think that that's the case? Denver is the most likely higher seeded team to get upset, or do you guys think Denver is a very legitimate team, has a very strong chance of going to the Western Conference Finals? Well, they're finally healthy, which I think uh, I don't. I'm not sure what Shannon's opinion is, but they finally have Murray and Harris and Millsap and Will Barton all healthy, and I think they're legit now. I'd be worried if you know those guys are dinged up heading in, but. Even Millsap playing well, uh, uh, I, I think they're legit. Shannon, they they might not even be favored in like their second round matchup, even if they're the higher seed. So, so it, it, it technically, I don't, I don't know that it would be uh, like they might come in as the underdog. I don't think it would necessarily be an upset. I if they're facing the Rockets in round two, for instance, right? I think the Rockets are going to be favored, assuming the Rockets are healthy. I, I just don't I love Denver. Like I do I like that they're they're healthy now, but before the they have back to back wins this week. Before that, they had they're they so streaky. They're yeah, so streaky. They were like four and four over their previous eight games. And those two wins, their their last three wins actually, we can go back to three, have come against the rudderless Los Angeles Lakers, Minnesota, and Dallas. So three teams that are well below five hundred. <clears throat> these aren't these aren't good teams that they're winning against, and and the last two games against Minnesota and Dallas were at home. If you're at home playing Dallas, you should not need a buzzer beater to beat them. <laughs> I I so I that doesn't really answer your question. I I honestly I don't think they're going to be favored in the second round. Will they be favored against the Clippers or L.A. or, or San Antonio in the first round? Yeah, of course, but mm, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, I you know, I don't, I don't know what their crazy streakiness means for playoffs. Yeah, they won three or four against weak teams. Before that, though, lost three in a row. But before that, won five in a row. Before that, lost three in a row. And before that, won six in a row. It's just crazy how they just go on runs, and then the peaks and valleys are just odd with this team. Right, and something that I, Nick, brought up yesterday was they're 16 and 16 on the road. Um which generally road, you know, success on the road is indicative of playoff success. And they're also, I think, 10 and three in close games. And Nick brought up like, yeah, that's great that they close out close games, but they've been in 13 close games that could theoretically go either way. (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah. It's, it'll be interesting. Um, I I do agree with Ken. Like they're, they're more interesting now that they're healthy. Um, Their rough stretch, you know, coincidentally, the rough stretch that they had, 
came once they got healthy. But mm-hmm. that's because they were also they're trying to work Isaiah Thomas into the rotation. They've they've closed the door on that. That's no longer going to happen. So you've got uh, Monte Morris is back to seeing twenty plus minutes a game, and the past two three games he's seen that, and they're better off with that. He's he's the true point guard they need. You know, with the with the starting guards they have, they need much more need a Morris type than a Thomas type. Even if Thomas was playing well, yeah, Thomas was garbage. He's done. Um, He's done. Yeah, I I threw out that uh, him and Markel Fultz are going to be the point guards of the Magic next season. (laughs) But I I will be amazed. Upside, I guess. (laughs) I will be amazed if Thomas plays more than twelve minutes a game next season. Like I think he's legitimately done as an NBA player. Um, All right, yeah, Denver. I like Denver. I, you know, Ken. One thing we've talked about, and and we're older, so we always say, "Oh, you've got to, you got to prove yourself in the playoffs. You're not going to advance far That's the first go round." You know, yeah. I know they have they have guys like like Millsap has has playoff experience, but their young core does not. That's about it. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely so, right. You know, it, we've right. seen it with any team that we've root, we root for. You see that they always need need a couple years to build on that playoff experience and, and reach that final success. So I think that would be the case with the Nuggets as well. There was a uh, another relatively big game yesterday featuring I, – I'll let you take the floor on this, Ken, but we saw um, Demonis Sabonis, a former Oklahoma City Thunder player, get the best of this matchup. Yeah, you know, you've got, I've got to give credit to the Pacers who come back – they are at home but came back from 18 points down – uh, to get past the Thunder, um, you know, everyone obviously, you know, the, the, the storyline has been there for a while about everyone was picking the Pacers to be doomed with all the depot out. Um, but they've been playing great. There's a good piece in Sports Illustrated this week about it. Indy, Philadelphia, and Boston are all still within uh, two games. Indy's in third, uh, Philly fourth, Boston five. Um, there's about 13 games left. Uh, Shannon's Pistons, though, they've lost two. They're falling back to seventh, a half game back of the Nets. I still say kudos to the Pacers. I still want Boston to play said Pacers in the first round instead of Philly. Shannon, how are you feeling about our Pistons uh, Celtics wager for the playoffs? Well, we knew it was a stupid bet from the draft. I should have just waited until the final seeding was done in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. You would have made the bet regardless. Anyone, anyone, yeah, yeah. anyone, especially a Boston fan, is going to take that bet. Um, <laughs> you were on the high of that big Raptors win that I think that, was in Toronto, right? But that was yeah, yeah. That that's the whole that was the whole point of making the bet, though, is that it's going out there and 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 putting my putting my rep on the line. I I still I'm fine with it. I actually. I don't care if that I don't care if Detroit plays Toronto in the first round either cuz Dwayne Casey's got their number. I'm not worried about that. Toronto or Indiana against Detroit in the first round, give me the Pistons. Now, I do not want Boston to face Indiana. That's where that's where it gets problematic. Um I still I think I think Indiana has a good is a good bet to lose in the first round without Oladipo. Um but I don't want it to be Boston. I need Boston Indi- to stay Indiana's in that winning. Seed. Indiana is like the Boston teams of a few years ago where they're winning on hustle, and that starts to evaporate in the playoffs. Uh, Alex, 
because uh, we haven't talked enough Celtics. I believe there was a Celtics who had a pretty good game last night. Kyrie Irving, second career triple-double last night, 31 points. Uh, is that 12 assists? Uh, 10 boards, 12 dimes, yeah. 10 boards, 12 dimes, and last night's home win over the Kings. Ken, do you think the latest Boston is back narrative accurate? Actually, no, I don't. Kings have lost 8 of 11. <laughs> One of those three wins was actually against Boston in Sacramento the prior week. Um, Tommy Heinsohn, though, is acting as if this is the 86 Celtics. I don't know why everyone's so wildly optimistic. It is good to see Jalen Brown finally playing well. He and Tatum finally seem to kind of know their roles with Kyrie. Uh, you know what really struck me, though, is, guys, Buddy Heald is legit in Sacramento. Last nine games, uh, he's put up 25 points per. Shannon, do you agree, though? Buddy Heald is legit. Am I wrong? Yeah, of course he's legit. We've known this for a while now. He's been legit since know, a couple months into last season, essentially. Um, he, he's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Um, you know, he plays hard on defense. I love Buddy Heald. Um, you know, upside, total upside, if you're in, like, a dynasty keeper league, is somewhat capped because he's a little bit older than you would expect for someone who's only in his third NBA yeah. season. Yeah. Um, but the catch and shoot is there. That's what I loved. I didn't absolutely. think he'd be. I did not think coming out of college as a senior, right, that he was going to be that quality of catch and shoot guy. But man, when Fox is just going downhill, and then just even if he throws a lazy pass to Heald, it's up. It's up in a blink, and quality percentages. I mean, he's shooting forty six percent this year. Uh, yeah, last nine games, twenty five points, six boards, three assists, with one point six stocks. Anyway. Buddy Heald was the what I wanted to point out last night between the Celtics-Kings game. Buddy Heald is, it's kind of like Oladipo. They're both guys who, throughout their college careers, they got they got significantly better each year. They showed improvements, um, got better, improved certain holes of their game. And, you know, one of the, the scouting report on both was optimistic in that they would be doing the same thing throughout their NBA career. And I think we've seen that, right? So I, yeah. I think Heald will continue to improve um, and be a top 40 fantasy pick next year. Um, I, I don't see why he won't be. Here's his field goal percentage improvement over the three years to your point, Shannon. 42.6 that rookie season, 44.6 first year in Sacramento, 56.4% this year while having elite free throw percentages throughout. Now, one other guy with the Kings that I want to talk about is Marvin Bagley, who returned last night. Um, if you happen to be in a league where Bagley was dropped when he got injured, you should sell the farm to get him. Is that even is that is that an idiom? Do, do people say is that, that a phrase? I don't know. I just made it up. I think sell, so. sell the damn farm. <laughs> sell the farm. So. It he, is a good move financially to sell your farm, I believe. Yes, absolutely. Um, sell it to me so I can build an indoor basketball court inside the barn. Um, we are way too lazy to be actual farmers. That is for sure. But Bagley, is he's back, and you have to pick him up. I think with the Kings essentially out of the playoff picture now, I'm not sure if they've officially been eliminated, um, but they're five games out. They're, they're, they're not making the playoffs. Very, very soon, this team is going to say, okay, Bagley, do what you want to do. And for the last eight, nine, ten games, 
he is going to be a completely different player than what we've seen. I think he'll get over 32 minutes a game and, and flash what he flashed right around the all-star break before the injury. Um, I would do anything and everything to pick him up. You know, whatever fab money you have left, just spend it all on him. Why are they not starting him over Willie Cauley-Stein? I mean, obviously when he was hurt, he was hurt. But doesn't it seem like at least half of these remaining games they ought to do that? I think I think he will get significant run. I think they will play him. Um, they could start him at four for stretches. They could start him at five. I, I really believe he'll see over 32 minutes a game from here on out. Yeah. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, you want to go through the lingering injury issues, yeah, we got uh, a, Alex? We got a ton of injuries tonight. Uh, it is, it's, you got to keep track of it if you're looking to play DFS tonight. So, um, maybe we can kind of, we can kind of alternate on some of these, uh, Danilo Gallinari downgraded to questionable tonight, uh, due to an ankle injury. Everybody thought he'd be good to go yesterday, but, um, you know, it's, it's not feeling as good this morning and you know, you know, the Clippers want him to play because, I mean, the Clippers are essentially locked into a playoff spot, but they'd like to probably jostle to get the seventh seed to potentially play Denver instead of Golden State because the Clippers probably think they can win that matchup. Um, Golden State's pretty good. Golden State is (laughs) pretty good. Not Um, bad. Go ahead. Avoid it at all costs. Yeah, you know they'd love to play Gallinari. Uh, uh, Washington, 33-year-old Trevor Ariza. I like to point out his age because the Wizards traded for him. He's a game-time decision tonight. Due to a sore knee, so they'll look to their other overaged forwards. Uh, Otto Porter is probable. He has a sore knee, but he's played in the past five games. Generally, a guy like for DFS, um, high steal upside, high three point upside, so could definitely pop off there. Tyler Johnson, questionable in Phoenix with a sore right knee. He was finally starting to play well with that lineup. Uh, so interesting point guard issues in Phoenix. Uh, Dwayne Wade, questionable. Against Milwaukee, he has a sore elbow. If he's out, I mean, the the Miami, the Miami he has so much depth that it's crazy. Deion Wagers, Rodney Magruder probably get more minutes. Uh, our last guy is in Charlotte, Ken. Cody Zeller, doubtful. That totally screws up my league pass plans. So exciting to see that athlete. <laughs> the, <laughs> doubtful two, with a sore left knee. The two guys I'm keeping close eye on are Tyler Johnson and Cody Zeller. Um, Cody Zeller sounds like it's foregone conclusion. He's out. I want to see what the Hornets announce, um, who they announce as their starter. Could Marvin Williams start at center? It's possible. Um, they, Hernan Gomez was the big winner in the last game that, that Zeller missed. He played about, I think it was about 22 to 24 minutes. Um, and if he gets that kind of run tonight uh, against Washington, a team that everyone feasts on, uh, he's going to be a good a good play on FanDuel. He's he's about thirty seven hundred. Um, I don't thirty six hundred thirty six. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it'll be Bismack Biombo. Um, he only played nine minutes with Zeller out in the previous game. Um, it could be it could be Marv Johnson. It depends, but I do I do like Hernan Gomez as as kind of that cheap option on FanDuel night. And with Phoenix, if if Johnson's out, that opens up everyone. I mean, it makes me like Booker more, mm-hmm. um, Bridges more. Uh, What's Oubre. his name? Josh Jackson, Ubre. Like I'm, I'm already high on a lot of those Suns guys for tonight, anyways, because I think they're a good price point. Um, but with Johnson out, it even makes them more attractive. 
the regular season is nearing its end, but that doesn't mean your fantasy basketball season is coming to a close. FanDuel is offering the most exciting ways to play fantasy basketball, no matter what you're looking for. FanDuel is something for everybody. Tons of different contests and formats to choose from, starting at just 25 cents. Either of you guys have 25 cents on you. That's all it takes to play a FanDuel contest. Uh, Just pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching your results in real time. Shannon, did you happen to run a lineup last night? I don't want to talk about it, Alex. Okay. Um, yeah, unfortunately, it was not. A, it was not a good one last night. Last night was bad. Um, I wish I had the stones to roll with Luca. Uh, I, I had. I wanted to, but the questionable yep. uh, injury tag just scared me away. Well, uh, hey, uh, Alex, get in there about the special offer because with baseball draft kits flying off the shelf right now, it seems like a good opportunity. It does. Uh, so with this deal uh, where you get to play on FanDuel, you are also getting six-month six Rotowire memberships uh, with your first deposit on FanDuel. So what you're getting there from Rotowire is DFS lineup optimizers, premium articles. Um, the, the draft software is, is, I think, the main draw at this point in the season. I mean, you're talking, you know, if you're preparing for your MLB drafts, um that's something that you'll definitely want it will give you uh give you an edge on the competition um so like we mentioned go to fanduel uh fanduel.com slash rw make a deposit there you'll be able to play against your friends for bragging rights play against the public for millions in cash prizes um again fanduel.com slash rw and it is void where prohibited new fanduel registrants only Restrictions do apply. See fanduel.com slash RW for details. The RW standing for Rotowire. So we're going to get to our roundtable mistakes uh, and a few nice points uh, that some of us mostly made. mistakes. Mostly mistakes because it's it's like you know the the AD Way situation. More Way more fun uh, to point out uh, the bad. So we're going to start off with Shannon. Uh, in July. Should we explain the roundtable for those that aren't familiar with the column? Sure. Uh, every week, Nick Whalen, well, not every week, most weeks, Nick Whalen emails out a list of questions to the NBA writers, uh, around Rotowire, uh, and they, we answer those questions, usually about seven of them. Um, they are usually in relation to the recent, Things that have been happening in the league, those go up on the Rotowire website. But we decided it'd be fun to look back on some previous ones and see how badly our takes aged. I think that's the gist. It'd be of it. egotistical. It'd be egotistical to highlight stuff we got right. Right? Only jerks would do that. Right. Um. So <laughs> the way you said right was sort of like eh, maybe it's a good idea. Maybe, maybe yeah. Credibility would hurt. Wouldn't hurt us. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So. In July, Shannon, 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 you're bummed that we didn't have enough negative ones. No, I think you guys actually make me look pretty good with a lot of these. Um, Yeah, so (laughs) one of the worst ones I had was in July. uh, Best value of our Las Vegas draft. July is way too early to be doing NBA drafts. To to put this also also, a lot of drinks at that pool. Yeah, that's true. We did it. We did it poolside while drinking. Um, No one had any really cheat sheets or anything working with everyone was scrambling trying to pull up stuff on their phone Um, i'm supposed to be sober in las vegas 
Lord. Right. Uh, <laughs> this. <do> that. <laughs> I mean, this league, it was so randomly put together and everyone was so ill-prepared that, I mean, De'Aaron Fox, which it's a shallow league, only 10 teams. De'Aaron Fox wasn't even drafted in this league. Right. Like, there are a lot of players who, who weren't selected who absolutely should have been. Um, well, while we're, while we're on Fox, in the round table, I pointed out, man, it's crazy that no one took Fox. And yet, despite having Jeff Teague on my bench, I did not move to pick him up. That's just stupidity. In July, in July, Teague was the better pick. That's fine, Ken. I don't, I don't fault you for that. But my, my big uh, takeaway from the draft was that Gordon Hayward in round six was an absolute steal. I also stated my love for Jabari Parker as yeah. one of the best selections in the draft. Um, in July, I stand by those things. Today, they're <laughs> obviously not true. Yeah, I think I, I think I had similar takes actually. Um, so I, I would have to stand by, but yeah, I mean, you figured that Gorgon Hayward, like everyone thought he would have a slow first half. Like, I think you were drafting him with the hope that oh, later in the year, you're getting the real Gordon. Hayward. They had but, him starting, which in hindsight seems crazy, but they had him in their lineup first 11, 12 games. Like, and it, that was just assumed he was all ready to go. Yeah. Not the case. Yeah. They had to show uh, that they had confidence well, in him. Alex, you also had a bit of a boo-boo in the July analysis. Yeah, also, your best value for Vegas. Also, there was another six round pick that I thought was a steal. I think it was Lonzo Ball, um, which I actually stand by in points leagues. Which this is. This was a points league. Um, but yeah, this season, I uh, played in 47 games, basically nine points, five rebounds, five assists, uh, 1.9 steals and blocks. That's, you know, the steals and blocks in points leagues are where you're getting all the value, but. <clears throat> Not the best, not the best take in the world. I'm still a Lonzo Ball fan. I can't, I can't shake the guy. Where's, where's Ball playing next year, gentlemen? Kind of assume L.A. Who wants him, right? Yeah, the Lakers. I, yeah. I'm gonna have to say the Lakers for now. I still think yeah. he can be a solid like fit next to LeBron theoretically if they get like other good they players. They didn't go down. They didn't go truly downhill until Ball got hurt. Right. Like that's when that's when they fell off the cliff this season. I I still can't looking back, letting go of of Brooke Lopez when they desperately needed shooters. Terrible move by the LA. I think we've said that before though. I'm Absolutely. sorry. Absolutely. Yeah. Terrible uh, terrible move by the entire league considering the discount that Blake Griffin yeah. signed for or Blake Griffin uh Brooke Lopez signed for. It's it's amazing. Um now All right, let's move to let's Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Everyone's going to overreact, and he's going to get overpaid this offseason. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, because he's on a one-year deal, or his deal expires in Milwaukee, right? Yeah, something like that. Uh, okay, let's go to September boo-boos. Um, Alex, you and I, uh, Shannon didn't re- re- answer this question, but in September, one question was, who outside the projected top 30 could finish in the top 30? Uh, Alex, you took Chris Middleton of the Bucks. He right now uh, is at number 60 for season total, nine category leagues on Yahoo. Right. And I took Jamal Murray, who's worse. He's at number 83 <laughs> for nine category season totals. Neither uh, are near the top 20. And also amusing, both players then made it to uh, are these by low guy. Who, which by low guy, Middleton or Murray, that came up later in December in a roundtable? 
So anyway, we we went with the hype guys, and they didn't they didn't work out for us, Alex. Yeah, I mean the Middleton thing still surprises me. I mean he's having he's having a down year. I mean he's having you know basically since he joined Milwaukee, he's having one of his his least productive seasons, at least in terms of fantasy. Um, lowest shooting percentage of his career. Um, his three point percentage is is fine, it's thirty eight percent, but the scoring's down a little more than I thought it would be. Um, you know, he he was a guy who averaged about a, a steal and a half um, for most of his career. Now he's down to one. So, yeah, there. I just I assumed he would he would play up to those levels. He slipped a little bit. I think because in general the Miami or the Milwaukee offense has been really potent. They haven't needed him as much, and he's playing five fewer minutes per game, uh, which yeah. which definitely hurts. And I didn't see that. You know, I guess uh, continuing throughout the entire season. Jamal Murray to me is also surprising. Ken, I mean, he was people had him pegged as like a top forty player for sure, um, just based on. Like, you know, I think I. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I, I think more. I think Murray might be on the Troy Aiken, Troy Aikman um, path of you know better in real life than in fantasy. You know, he's not really a point guard. Jokic is really their point center, um, so his assists are never going to be that high. Uh, though at t- he's only 21 and he did almost get to five per game this year, but I think Murray is going to be one of those always better in real life than fantasy guys. All right, I got some. I don't know, take- Shannon. You I got some takes Jamal. on Go both ahead. of these guys. With Murray, he's averaging 18, four, and five. All right, with over two three pointers per game. The only reason why he's not ranked in the top 50 is because he's shooting 43 percent from the floor. He's 21, as you said. That will probably improve as he progresses. There's nothing to be worried about with with Murray. He's fine. He's good. He's going to get better. Uh, With Middleton, I I like Middleton. Middleton's a very, very good player. But I also never believed he would repeat what he did last year. You know, he had had a career year last year, and I just did not expect it to ever happen again. He's still been fine, even with him, even with the five less minutes per game. He's only taking one less shot per game this season than he did last year, which last year was by far a career high for shot attempts per game. He He's actually hitting more three-pointers this year. So you have the steals have dropped and the shooting percentage has dropped, and that's it. Like I would expect him, because he's been around 45, 44, 45, 46% for most of his career, I would expect the shooting percentage to go up after this year. I mean, his role was a little bit different this year. Last year... He was giving, he was giving the ball and being able to work in that mid-range game, which is really kind of his specialty. Mm-hmm. Um, and Buttonhoser doesn't do that. There's no mid-range game for the Bucks anymore. So well, and I, different. It's different could philosophy. Also, could you also make just a case? Uh, could you also just make a case that the Bucks are deeper too? They don't need Middleton right. nearly as much as they did two years ago. Like they've got. He doesn't have to be the number two guy every night. I just feel like they're a lot deeper. They're healthier this year. And Budenholzer wisely is like, hey, keep moving the ball around to find the open guy versus kids' terrible offense of waste 22 seconds and then Middleton has to wing something uh, from mid-range. It's just, to me, when you look at his career, just even just on the Bucks, you don't have to look at his one season in Detroit. Just look at his career as a productive member of the Milwaukee Bucks. Last season was the outlier. And to me, it was obvious um, 36 minutes a game is a, a ton. Uh, I 
he's still fine. If he, again, if he were shooting 46%, um, I don't have a fancy tool to check this out right now, but if he were shooting 46%, my guess is he'd be ranked around right around 40 for the season. So you're talking about one category for each of these guys that has dragged them down somewhat in, in, but really anyone who's ranked between like 35 and 80, they're pretty comparable with their overall production. So they're, they're I was just going to say, I was just going to say, this is a classic argument that you always like to make Shannon and have made before that the line between the 40th and 80th is always super thin. And sometimes you can just go for what the categories you need, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, right, let's stay in, let's stay in September. The sure. other boo-boo for September, uh, kind of Alex's remember when the season started, Devin Booker had, uh, that shooting hand injury. And the question was, who would you take Booker or CJ McCollum? Uh, in Yahoo nine category leagues, season totals, Yahoo's got McCollum at number 36 and Booker at number 76. Basically, uh, Alex, you went with Booker, uh, but he did wind up missing 15 games. I don't feel as bad about that because of the missed time. Um, Just because I don't think all those... His season average is also worse than McCollum, but it's not as bad. Not as bad. Okay. In eight category leagues, it's significantly higher than McCollum's. Booker is a t- top 25. Oh, you and your No, no, I'm category. just saying. Booker's a top 25 player based on season averages <laughs> in eight-category leagues. He's ranked 22 on Yahoo. Um, if you look at the stats, I'm sorry, but in eight, specifically eight-category leagues, I'll give you, like, turnovers, but that's a huge difference because McCollum isn't asked to create the way Booker is. Right. He's basically learning yeah, on the job as a point guard. Absolutely. Uh, in eight category leagues, based on game averages, Booker is significantly more valuable. Alex, I, you know, so Shannon and I always have this go. argument. Yeah, bad. There you go. Where do you stand, Alex? You know, Shannon and I always argue over turnovers. Where do you stand on the turnover argument? You know, I, I think it would be better. In theory, I like having turnovers in. Uh, because I think it's a more it's a better representation of how good a player actually is. It it I feel like it's the equivalent of not including interceptions. That's the that's the take I always have in a NFL league, but for quarterbacks. Um, but I my preference isn't. I don't have a dramatic preference. It'd be like way. it would be like including strikeouts for hitters in baseball. Mm, that's like what that, it would actually. be like. I think that's. And I would like no that. One, yeah. No sane person would do that. That's <laughs> the dumbest shit that. ever. No one would do that. I would do that. I would do that. <laughs> we'll have to. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know how we resolve this. Um, All right. Well, believe it or not, for the month of October, no bad takes, no mistakes beautiful. by us guys. So we have to go all the way to November. Some doozies in November. We doubled down in November <laughs> after having a great October. Let's start with Shannon's. Uh, Shannon looking good, Alex. You and I not. Uh, which, this was early November, which early surprise team is legit? Your L.A. Clippers, Memphis Grizzlies, or Sacramento Kings? Shannon was wrong by saying none of them. I think we all agree <laughs> the Clippers are legit. And then Ken and Alex both picked Memphis, which I think is worse than Shannon's answer. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, Clippers, the 39 and 30. Sacramento's one game under 500. And Memphis, 
you know, uh, in cell mode and an abysmal 28 and 41. What's sad here too, Alex, is you and I doubled down on Memphis uh, in December <laughs> when uh, Waylon re-asked uh, which team, uh, which surprise team is going to do better, the Grizzlies or the Clippers. You and I both stuck with Memphis. You and I could not let go of Gasol and Conley playing well together, basically. Which is weird because I always, I always thought <laughs> that they, they got rid of those guys too late. I don't really know what I was thinking. Um, I'll have to actually go back and like read my actual take on that one. Um, I have no, yeah, I have I have no excuses on that one. All right, but we can make. Let's. I want to look bad. I think this might be my worst take um, out of all the roundtables. Late December, L.A. blowing out Golden State on Christmas. <laughs> Does that say more about the Lakers or Golden State? And my take was that by beating the Lakers on or by beating the Warriors at Oracle on Christmas, it solidified the Lakers at a as a legitimate threat in the Western Conference. That was very, very, very wrong. Um, I, I'm going to claim ignorance on LeBron James getting injured that game and missing the next 18. I didn't think that was going to happen. Right. Um, right. So that was the game. I, I'm going to fall injuries. Injury. I'm going to fall injuries on that. That you know, as of that moment in time, I was as right as anyone has ever been. Yeah, I mean, my take was that LA's victory proved the Lakers can win a close game with without LeBron James, um, which I don't think happened. His entire injury. I I think they beat Oklahoma City. That's the one Did that they? sticks out to me. Oh. Yeah, but was it eighteen or sixteen? I thought it was sixteen games with the groin. Yeah, I can't. Too many, however many it was. Right, <laughs> right. I just my take was just that Golden State does not care about Christmas game. They'd rather be at home celebrating Christmas. They don't care. Uh, Shannon had a good take. We'll we'll drop this one in here quick. Who would you like to see traded? Shannon said Dennis oh, Smith. Yeah. Uh, good yeah, call well on that. Done. I said the young Lakers. Not exactly a hot take. Ken had Jalen Brown. How do you feel that has aged, Ken? Poorly, poorly. Brown is playing well lately. Uh, that was probably you know, a little Celtic desperation mode. I mean, they do have – they've still got to figure out their rotation, which is getting scary because there's only 13 games left. Brown is playing better. Um, so, But uh, somehow Boston's got to make a move for next season. But uh, not Dennis Smith was the nice call, the right call. All right. I'm so trying to look – any yeah. terrible ones, Shannon, go. We've got we've got to move on to DFS here, so I'm going to do quick-hitting ones and just off. burn you guys. Right. Alex bought <laughs> low on Gordon Hayward in November, so that's two bad Hayward takes. It was, yeah. yeah. Uh, we've got... Uh, <laughs> Wait, you picked Wall over Blake Griffin. I did pick Wall over November. Blake Griffin. Again, injuries, man. Injuries, all right? I said, I take Blake. I'm worried about Wall's knees. It was over over the next three years prior to John Wall's injury. Yes, I said, I said Wall. I regret that decision now. Um, we talked about in, on December 6th, is it time to write off the Spurs? Shannon said no, which was the correct take. I said, I think so. Ken said more likely they are lottery bound. So no. Ken and I not looking Stupid. ideal there. And I always defend Pop. Why don't I just do my knee jerk? I love pop reaction. Stupid on my part. I, I they just they just didn't seem good. I still don't believe in them. Uh, Demar Derozan 
is not not my no three point shooters in the starting lineup. I always think, how, how can they win in the playoffs without a, a starter that hits three? But Pop will figure it out. Did we are any other we, bad ones? Yeah, we have a we have a nice uh, quote from from Alex. Uh, whether or not you should cut Jabari Parker. <laughs> oh. Parker is a legi- legitimate part of the Bulls' rebuild, and he'll be given as much run as possible. I, you know, you know he should have been. You know, I, I didn't care that he didn't play defense. I st- he still should have been playing. I, th- <laughs> I forgive actually, that. I forgive he's that. Fantasy take. relevant in Washington, though, he isn't is, he? he is. I mean, just because Washington's so terrible and. I forgive that take if it's in September, if it's in December, as it was. Then you deserve scorn. Thank you. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's run through some FanDuel uh, FanDuel picks real quickly. We mentioned all the injuries earlier, so we kind of mentioned, uh, you know, we mentioned going uh, Hernan Gomez if Zeller's out, all the you know all the Suns guys uh, if Tyler Johnson's out, um, you know. Some Miami Heat guys, maybe if Wade's out, Gallinari being out, that one's a little interesting. You maybe just figure Lou Williams is going to get even more usage than he normally does. Uh, it could be like a 7,700 Lou Williams, big option. Yeah, it could be like a J. Michael Green night. I don't know. This team, the the Clippers are ridiculous. I don't know how they do this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let me go to Philly, guys. Let me go to yes, Philly. Yes. Philly facing Sacramento. Uh, on the second of a back-to-back road trip games for the Kings, who already play bad defense. Uh, Ben Simmons is also a game-time decision. And Jimmy Butler's coming off uh, a rest. They gave him a day off on Tuesday. So I I really like Butler at 8,100, especially if Simmons doesn't play. Uh, I think he's a fine shooting guard option for you against the Kings. So some of the guys I'm targeting, I... I think LeBron's going to sit tonight, second game of a back-to-back. He played last night. If he doesn't sit, I think he's going to play limited minutes, like maybe like 20 to 25. He played 31 last night against Toronto. Um, I'm assuming he sits. If LeBron sits, I love Kuzma against the Pistons. Cheap. Uh, yeah. Cheap coming off Kuzma's a bad game and a miss. 6,300. I like Rondo at 6,800. Um, another cheap option at point guard, Chris Dunn, 6,200. Not a great matchup against the Clippers, but he had a solid outing against them earlier this year. Um, Zach Levine's also returning, but but I'm just hoping that Chris Dunn's coming off his best game in about a, a month plus, and I'm hoping that he can just build off that and have another 35 to 40 point outing. Um, Lou Williams was mentioned. I like him. He had one of his big, biggest games against uh, against the Bulls this season. Uh, he's kind of it's risky. Because he's only going to probably play 25 to 30 minutes. And some nights he's just lights out, even if he only plays that amount of time. Other nights he's not. I mean, he can get you 25 points or he can get you 60. There's really no rhyme or reason to it. The matchups don't even really dictate it. I mean, against he had 66 fantasy points against the Thunder last week. You know, that's one of the best defensive teams in the league. Um, We talked about the Suns already, but Booker, 8,700. Oubre, 68. Bridges and Jackson deserve deserve some uh, consideration if if Tyler Johnson sits. Um, Hernan Gomez is is one that I like as discussed, and then two power forwards who are starting to come down in price. Uh, Markinen is at seventy eight hundred. He was over nine thousand about ten days ago. Um, 
I think that's a solid play. It's a decent matchup against the Clippers. Um, it's it's kind of going against the grain because he's coming off a handful of bad games. Um, same goes for Blake Griffin. He's coming off arguably two two of his worst games of the season. Um, but I look for him to kind of bounce back uh, against the the LA Lakers. And eighty four hundred's a good price point for a guy who's averaging over forty one fantasy points per game. Two things I just want to quickly point out. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers have the highest expected team total tonight uh, against the Pelicans. They are expected to drop 121 in a game where they're favored by 7.5, so you might want a piece of that in some capacity. Um, Mo Harkless is questionable with a sore knee. It would actually surprise me if he played, given how finicky that knee has been. So if you're looking for like one of those minimum price must-drop guys, I would consider Jake Lehman. Um, he hasn't been playing as well lately, but I think he'll get extra minutes. And for 3,700, there's really no downside. And then uh, finally, for me, I would be surprised if Reggie Jackson plays for Detroit. Seemed like he turned his ankle pretty bad the other day. Yeah. And you, so you got Ish Smith against the Lakers at 4,000. Um, he's a guy, even, I think this is his past 10, 15 games, is averaging 21 fantasy points in 21 minutes. So if he gets 30 minutes, wouldn't surprise me if he got 30 fantasy points. If Ishmith starts, he's going to have over 35 fantasy points. That's your take. And That's for 4000 he can almost be a drop candidate at that price. So, um, yeah, injuries, make sure to pay attention to him because you can get a ton of value in your lineup today. Anybody else before we round this thing out? Let's no? roll. Let's roll. Okay. So I don't think we had any mispronounced names, uh, at least that I remember. But, Ken, uh, you do have an old man rant for us. Well, we're going to speed it up because we're on the clock here. But eh, James Dolan is a D bag. Eh. That was that <laughs> was the best rant yet. All yeah. the video. Uh, I will post all the video necessary. The kicking out of the fan at Madison Square Garden, which is absurd. Then he goes on the radio to try to defend it, and even looks like more of an idiot because he can't remember the names of the players on his team. He has to read them off a sheet he brought with him. But you know what? Nothing I can say is as damning as the actual video, which I'll post. Videos, sorry, which I will post uh, with the rant article upon Rotowire. At least he's not a Utah Jazz fan. <laughs> oh. Thank you, everybody. All right. So- for joining us <laughs> on this special edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is presented by FanDuel Ken. Take us out of here. Yeah, I'm going to go with a quote uh, based on our poor take of the Lakers and Warriors and uh, on a Celtic player who likes to make a lot of statements that don't make a whole lot of sense. He just said, and I assume maybe it's based on the NBA work schedule, Kyrie Irving said last year, I don't necessarily think of Christmas as a holiday. Attention passengers, this three-car fantasy train wreck has hit the end of the line.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.